Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to Hashtag Never Alone Season 2 Episode 5. I'm your lived experience host Joe Ambridge. And I'm psychotherapist and relationship counsellor and Joe's co-host Mark Fielding. Um, thanks Mark. Um, and just a little reminder that next weekend we have our World Mental Health Day webinar which will be hosted by Mark and myself. And we'll be joined by a couple of our season one guests. Um, we're just going to have an open discussion about mental health and talk about the top, um, topics that the episodes that they were in. Um, and uh, today's episode, we will be discussing mental health. And we're joined by um, Louise Howard and Laurie Dahl from uh, Kingston University. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hi. Welcome. Great, great to meet with you, Joe and Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've known, known Louise for a little while through my mum. <laughs> so <laughs> kindly organised all this for us. Um, so just give us a little uh, insight into your background in regards to mental health. And um, if you one who wants to go first. Okay, uh, I'm happy to go first. So I'm Louise Howard. I'm currently the professional lead for mental health nursing at Kingston University. So I work in education and I've worked in education for about... 14 years or so. Um, but I qualified as a mental health nurse back in 1999 um, and um, I did a four-year degree course back then in London and yeah ended nursing sort of in my early early-ish 20s and started working um, in acute mental health and uh, worked on, in some inpatient wards in uh, South London and I worked stayed in that area uh, for a, a number of years. Um, I also worked for a short period of time in primary care, out, out, just outside of London, working with some GPs. And uh, so then fell into, <laughs> not fell into education, came into education. It was this kind of something I always was passionate about. Um, so yeah, I've had a sort of uh, an interesting career so, so far, a couple of sort of different clinical roles um, and now really enjoying working with the workforce of the future. And yourself, Laurie? Um, with myself, um, I, I experienced um, mental health problems in my early um, 20s after um, completing a degree. Um, I, I had a psychotic breakdown um, when I was um, 21. Um, so I have, I have a, a lived experience um, and I kept in touch with one of the um, nurses that um, took great care of me um, and looked after me while I was in a day hospital for three years. Um, and um, I was working as a journalist um, uh, uh, freelance journalist essentially um, and um, my, my nurse I talked to my nurse and said well I'm, I'm earning a bit of money from this journalism but um, I really need a more regular income and he said oh why don't you come and work for us as a, as a healthcare assistant um, so I thought I thought oh no I can't do that that's incredibly stressful and my illness was stress related I can't can't be can't be dealing with that stress but then I thought about it I thought yeah, what about working for the NHS? Um, good pension in the NHS, as there, wa there was in those days. Um, soon, soon changed after I joined. Um, and uh, I became a healthcare assistant on an acute ward. Um, 
my ward manager said I'd taken to it like a duck to water because it was a familiar environment for me. Um, I was quite circumspect about letting people know about my lived experience for a long time. Um, uh, so I worked as a healthcare assistant for 18 months on an acute ward and then um, had the chance to be seconded to do my nurse training, which I did at Kingston. Um, uh, and then I worked as a, um, a, a nurse on another acute ward um, uh, uh, as a staff nurse for 18 months and then a charge nurse for 18 months, deputy ward manager. And then um, uh, the opportunity came up to be the ward manager and I, I was the ward manager for um, five or six years. Um, and uh, then the chance came to work at Kingston. So I've been working at Kingston since um, 2016, I think, um, which I really enjoy. Um, and I enjoy it um, because um, I, I concurrently work as a bank nurse um, most weekends. Recently, I've been doing about every other weekend um, but most weekends um, I work as a, as a, as a bank nurse. Um, so that kind of means that I don't miss the nursing too much um, with, the, with the teaching and I enjoy um, working with, with, the, with the students um, and uh, influencing the nurses of tomorrow. Yeah. Mike, do you want to ask the next question? Yeah, I mean, I was wondering just what 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 kind of this is probably an enormous question that you mm. could you take a long time to answer, but I'm just wondering about the mental health nursing curriculum and what 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 kind of areas you cover and whether that has kind of changed over time. I can I can talk a little bit and Laurie film fill us in a little bit. So um, yeah. we we've had we've in the UK we've just had a change of curriculum to something called the future nurse curriculum and that's quite normal in, in curricula you know they change every sort of they get reviewed and they get changed five six sort of yearly um so and, and historically the the training has had some sort of quite major shifts um uh, but but currently so the curriculum we're working with is is valuing um a whole range of skills and recognizing that for us as mental health nurses, we need to possess really good physical health skills as well as mental health skills. And similarly, for those who are training to be adult nurses, um, or what work called sort of general nurses in the UK, it's really important that they uh, have a good uh, underpinning knowledge around mental health as well, because that's certainly where service delivery is heading towards. But so if you were a student nurse starting with us in Kingston, I know this because I did a, a, an open day on Saturday. So this is uh, fresh in my mind, really, as we were meeting potential new students to us. Um, so it's 50-50 theory and practice, which is really important. And, and in terms of hours, it means that as a student nurse, any student nurse, you're doing 2,300 hours of both practice and theory. So that's a hell of a commitment for a three-year degree course. You know, it's yeah. not like studying your history or your philosophy. Uh, not that there isn't value in that. Um, so it's full on. So half the time students are in practice, half the time they're, they're here with us. They all have to do the basic life science. Whatever field you're doing, they'll study some of the biological aspects um, and, and other sciences. That's really important. And then really quite early on in the sort of academic um, 
journey they get to think about mental health nursing. What does it mean being mental health nurses? What is the history of mental health nursing? Because it's really interesting and how does that change and where are we going in terms of future um, roles and, and all sorts of things there? You know, where might you work? What is mental health? Unpicking all of that complex stuff really in terms of how we think about mental health and, and how therefore we might work with somebody in distress. So. Um, one of the key things we might want to underpin some of the work we do is around the recovery model. So they get that really early on in their kind of molding of the sort of practitioner we want them to be. They also do sort of then other stuff around pharmacology and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of build up their, their skills and knowledge. So in the second year, they're doing stuff around actually how do we assess? How do we undertake a really good biopsychosocial assessment? How do we work collaboratively with people? How do we um, share decisions with people that's complex in mental health sometimes and, and there's lots of uh, challenges or perceived yeah. challenges to being able to do that and then we build them up and then in, in our new curriculum there's a lot around safe and effective care and, and that's really important how do we ensure what we are doing is safe and effective so what's the underpinning evidence base and how do we use that we're also got um, really quite interesting new modules around coordination of care really looking at service level you know understanding different ways in, in services and, and how that's being developed and then um also leadership a real emphasis now on on getting our graduates to be good leaders at this beginning of their careers you know having those underpinning leadership skills those teaching skills those coaching skills as they get ready to go into the workforce so they also have a really strong uh, skills and simulation program which you know joe's has been part of before and, and seen that um, and that's really giving sort of safe learning environments for some of the physical stuff but also for us in mental health it's about these interpersonal skills and having that safe environment practicing with our actors and um, some of the psychological interventions that we want them to practice learn I don't know Laura if you've got anything else to add that was a bit of a no, just, just to say that um, the difference between when I finished my nursing in nursing training in 2007 and became a ward manager and the nurses that I was um, appointing, newly qualified nurses appointing to my ward, um, it was noticeable how much more skilled they were in, in things like wound management and, and physical health care and things. Um, I, I think there there had there had been a step change in the nurse training even then um, from from my time to accelerate the um, the physical health um, aspects of their training. Um, I think we're catching up now um, with um, the general nurses because I think it was the case for a while that mental health nurses had more physical health input than general nurses had mental health input. I, 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 I got that impression, um, but I think we're catching up now and there is more uh, more of an equilibrium between between the different fields um, experiencing um, uh, physical health and mental health. Really interesting. I mean, just, just to stay with you, Laurie, if it's okay, you mentioned around initially, you know, having your own, um, kind of uh, having your own challenges with mental health and then that drawing you into the field. I'm mm. just wondering, is that something you see a lot with people with nurses, you know, training nurses coming into the field that they've had experience either personally or within yeah. the family systems? Yeah. Increasingly so, Mark, we see an, a number of students coming in with lived experience. Um, and I think 
Louise will concur that sometimes students um, get wind of um, of my lived experience and um, want me as a as a personal tutor um, because of that. But um, I do worry. I mean, for me, I was very stable and had been well for some time when I came into nursing. I do worry that sometimes some people with lived experience are coming into nursing at a time when they're still quite vulnerable and mm. and not as well as they might be that they don't have those kind of firm foundations of recovery that would really benefit them because uh, the nursing training program is 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 a demanding demanding course it's um mm. it, there's a lot of pressure and things and it can can be difficult if you're if you're dealing with your own um mental health issues at the same time um that's not to say that um students with lived experience are not extremely welcome they mm -hmm. have they have uh, many many great skills and experiences to to bring to the course and to bring to the career and to share with their fellow students um but i do worry um that sometimes um pe people should have a bit more stability before they before they come onto the course uh, and i think we we do have Louise might have a bit more of an overview than I do, but I do think we do have a bit of experience of um, some students um, dropping out or um, taking a year off because of their because of their mental health problems. I, I've, mm. I've experienced that quite a bit. But I think that in partly, you know, I think that's kind of OK, really, um, mm. you know, because I guess, you know, for all of us, you know, if doing that intense stressful time if you were a student you know maybe a prime time where people are starting maybe to develop some mental health problems so um i i think what we're really good at is is, is hopefully you know being really open and, and supportive of students who perhaps um are having some mental health challenges during their course we as Louis said we really welcome that lived experience because it makes it makes you as a practitioner in, in some way it just adds it's that that quality that you have because of your lived experience is yeah. so so valuable and indeed lots of carers and, and that's something that's really important to us in our curriculum is really helping students and the future workforce think about the role of families carers significant others because often in services uh, they say that they're forgotten they're not listened to so we have a lot of sort of uh, carers as well who come into nursing um, across all fields but particularly mental health as well mm. Yeah, and the, I, I, I really hear that about the experiential kind of aspect, you know, and, and I, I guess what both of you said, I mean, I guess, Laurie, you, you were saying, you know, this is really helpful, but, you know, it is a really demanding and challenging to train. And so it's good if people have reached a kind of point of equilibrium of having yeah. kind of worked through some of the issues before that, before they start. But, I mean, it's, I guess, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a demanding job. It's a demanding yeah. job, essentially, which is kind of why the, the training is so demanding, because it kind of prepares you for for the role. Um, uh, so people need to be well enough to be able to uh, when we're working, we, we don't want to be working and going in and tell it, telling our telling our patients that I have oh, oh I have lived experience and trying to get that kind of therapy from the back door. Um, we're there. We're there as professionals to work with some people who are extremely distressed and ex experiencing some very serious illnesses. So um, we we need to be able to have the facility to do that. Yeah. 
Um, and Enough. So, yeah, ahead, Louise, what, what made you choose uh, bedwife nursing instead of other yeah. any of the other well, fields? Well, when I applied, so I left, I did my A-levels. I was sort of fairly traditional. I did my A-levels and at 18, I wasn't sure. I, I knew I wanted probably to go into healthcare. I wasn't entirely sure what profession in healthcare. My mum is a nurse, which is, again, a bit cliched, really. Uh, but she was an adult nurse at the time. Although, interesting, in her older life, when she was about sort of, I say older, 45, gosh, I'm 45, <laughs> not old, in her midlife, um, she changed from her, she did a conversion into mental health nursing, uh, from her adult nursing, which is quite interesting. Um, but so I left school and I worked, my mum at the time was working in a nursing home as a, as a matron, so um, a deputy matron. I just started working there. That was my kind of gap year, gaining some money. And I just really enjoyed it. And by that point, I'd got my A-level results through. So that was clear that I had the grades that I wanted to go on a particular course. So um, yeah, so I applied to the course that I wanted to. And, and at that time, the course I did was a degree course. So that was for me, uh, really important. It was a four-year course, um, and I think I got well. I've got a degree at the end of it as well, which was quite unusual for nursing at that time. But I applied for adult nursing. I hadn't really been exposed to mental health nursing um, in, in in itself, or really kind of really understood the role, perhaps. But having done quite a few mental health placements in the first two years of my sort of generic training, um, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed it. I, I felt that actually this is where I'd be better placed in terms of me as a person. Uh, I enjoyed working with being with people um, and feeling helpful to people who were in distress. So I, after the two years, I then decided that I was going to yeah, focus on mental health nursing, not go up the adult route. Although saying that I've really enjoyed, I, I do have a particular interest in some of the physical health side of things, which has done me really well in mental health nursing. So yeah, I, I guess I didn't really open my eyes to it till I had had some experience um, of what it was like in, in placement. Yeah, I'm really interested in the, I mean, I'm looking at a, a potential negative here, I know, and there's lots of positives, but I, ju I just wonder about the stresses in mental health nursing, but, you know, what, what kind of things day to day, you know, working on wards and, you know, kind of in mental health units that you both come across, have come across. Probably Laurie, as you probably were out working this weekend, I suspect. I, I had the I had the weekend off for my birthday, oh. uh, <laughs> Um The stresses are that I mean, I think mental health nursing has always been a been a stressful stressful job. Um, uh, the very proof of that was that. Um, uh, the old the old ruling that if you worked in mental health you could retire early because it was it was more stressful um i think um i remember when i was when i was training and i had i had friends who were mental health nurses and that they'd say oh you're going into you're going into psyche nursing at such a bad time it's so much worse than it used to be in the old days you used to be able to spend so much time with people and now you can't and things I think there's there's always a bit of a rose tinted rose tinted spectacles kind of idea about mental health nursing in the past but it is true to say that I think the levels of acuity and how unwell people are in a typical English um, psychiatric acute ward are much higher um, than they have been in, in the past. This is just a direct result of um, the drastic reduction in the number of inpatient beds. Um, because of the reduction of inpatient beds, 
ergo the people that are in those inpatient beds are so much more unwell mm. um so whereas in 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 my early nursing in my early early qualified nursing career there might be times when we'd we'd have a bit of a lull on the ward there might be you might you, as a team you might say oh we're having a bit of a downtime and you'd get a bit of a breather there might be a couple of empty beds for a couple of days or something that just doesn't happen i mean you'd be lucky if you have an empty a bed empty for for as long as three hours on a on a on a ward these days um um and i think i think you might typically have had maybe in the old days in my nursing career you may have had one patient that was really really very unwell on the ward at the time i think these days you might have like three or four patients who are really very very unwell at any one time so that necessarily increases the stresses and the pressures um but it's interesting nurse new nurses today just adapt to the surroundings that they they have um i remember talking to my to my nurses that I recruited to my ward as a ward manager and I'd I because of the norm that I had which was perhaps that you might have someone on an admission and there might be they might be really unwell at the beginning they might start getting a bit better and then you might see them well at the end you don't tend to see that journey anymore because if someone if someone has a home to go to they will be going to that home when they're 60 70 percent better and be treated in the community by a home treatment team i think so i asked i asked my nurses do you, do you not find it a problem that you're not seeing the whole the whole journey of of someone um through their admission and they, they said no no it's it, it is what it is um um and they they just adapted to to how things are are today um I do wonder, um, it seems to me that the length of time people spend on acute wards these days, I think is generally shorter than it used to be. Mm. Um, certainly when I started on an acute ward in 2007, there was a very settled and established nursing team. Um, and I think it's more typical these days that you get your your new newly qualified nurses wearing a, working a year or a couple of years on an acute ward. And I think it's maybe the stresses and pressures of the job that um, mean they that they don't they don't stay in in that role, um, uh, and that they might move on to a community role. Not to say that that uh, well. I think I think acute work acute work working on an acute ward, ward is a is a refined skill, but that's not to dismiss the pressures and stresses that there are in any um, mental health nursing role. Um, the, the 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 levels of risk that um, community teams are working with presently is is very high because like I said, inpatient beds have reduced. Therefore, people, some people who might have been in an inpatient bed a few years ago, there isn't an inpatient bed for them. So they're being managed in the community and they're trying to look after them in the community. And those levels of risk that they're working with can be 
can be quite high and that that leads to uh, stress and pressure as well. Why do you think it's important to educate the future of mental health nurses? In what way, Joe? And do you mean in sort of in um, terms of the stresses or being and being mindful of, of what the role entails? I think in general we're given to like what's going on with mental health increase and stuff. Um, why do you feel like it's important to educate future mental nurses to be out there and have more nurses out there for people with mental health or shall yeah, I come I mean, in certainly... sorry Laurie shall I come in I mean I oh, think I, I think something interesting is happening in in mental health nursing I think um certainly in the past few years um we've we've seen increases in the number of people coming onto the mental health nursing course and I do wonder, anecdotally, I have no evidence for this, but I wonder whether um, with the increase in, in, um, in mental health in everyone's minds, um, everyone being more aware of mental health than perhaps ever before, whether there's more people who think, well, I'm, I'm going to be a nurse. I want to care for people and I'm going to be a nurse. And I wonder whether there are more students thinking well why wouldn't I be a mental health nurse um, than perhaps before so I don't know whether you you get that impression as well Louise that we are seeing increasing numbers of well, we are, um, certainly you know we're getting yeah. huge numbers of applications over the last few years for mental health nursing which is fantastic you know we need we need um, really good applicants because we want really good um, mental health nurses in the future mm. so yeah it, it is becoming an increasingly popular field which is great um, and yeah, and I wonder that because we are now talking about mental health, I think COVID particularly has um, really shone a light on challenges around mental health, but also issues around service provision uh, for, for mental health as, as, as become, and some of those inequalities that people with severe mental illness face, uh, but also the recognition that actually, you know, all of these sort of social circumstances and challenges um, impact all of us in terms of our mental health and, and, our, and our well-being. So there has been, which you know, hopefully some more positive shift towards some of the stigma around talking about mental health, um, which th therefore actually more people might think about mental health nursing as a, as a career, which is a there, good thing. There was actually a really interesting um, report by um, Rethink, the uh, mental health charity, that to cut a long story short, essentially they found that um, stigma in in um, uh, in serious there was still as much stigma about serious mental illness, but that the stigma around um, lower level um, mental illness um, had had lessened. But there was evidence that the, the the stigma around things like schizophrenia and and things was still as much as ever. And I think that's where we really need to focus our effort and our skills in terms of what mental health nurses um, offer and, and, and work with those inequalities that, that, that people exist. And I said, you know, they were massive for people during, during COVID. It kind of extenuated the inequalities that people with severe mental illness um, experienced. And, mm. you know, and, and that's we really need to think about um, the skills that we have. But also, um, I guess, as you know, as mental health nursing, one of the key roles that I was thinking was that we're advocates. 
Um, you know, and, and you've got to be a, a, an advocate and be able to use your voice, so whether that be use your voice, I don't know, as a more sort of activist way when you're thinking about actually what policies are impacting on people or service provision. But there is something I think for me as mental health nurses, how do we use our voices individually, but also collectively um, uh, and, and kind of steer things like service provision and, and ensure that people aren't left out and left behind. Uh, whether that be due to sort of, I don't want, you know, the, the sociopolitics that's going on and, and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, uh, certainly those those um, inequalities are something that, you know, we've got to keep working at. But I think mental health nurses have a key in actually voicing. And I think that's something if anybody's coming into mental health nurses, you need to have, you need to have those really good communication skills to be able to work with people individually and families and carers and work therapeutically. Mm. Uh, but you've got to be courageous as well in, in your in your voices across, you know, the whole of your role as well and in and society sort of in a more broad sense. Well, that's going off in a different direction, but I think it's mm. it is something, I think something within us as well. Yeah, and I did when you talk about the kind of the advocate role I mean often I would imagine you know people with you know acute mental health that are in the community they must feel terribly isolated you know stigmatized it must be terrible for them so not only are they dealing with you know probably issues in their own life from some sort of social economic factors they're dealing with their own mental health and perhaps their, their histories but then they're also dealing with social isolation and not being to access services and not being to, it, it's yeah I mean to kind of put yourself in that position it must feel so lonely sometimes and and going back to that question around challenges and what's stressful for nurses that's really stressful as well for nurses you know it's, it's of no comparison to what the, the person is experiencing mm. but 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 it's an ongoing stressor if particularly if it's if you're working in the community and you're trying to enable somebody to access the services and you're coming across barriers and things you know mm. to feel that actually you can't uh, do the job as well as you would like to be able to, or the services are not there set up or, or have the capacity mm. to provide the service that you know that that person might need, you know, that's uh, that's not a good thing. Mm. It must be really frustrating, actually. Yeah, when, when you're trying to, you know, really, really kind of, you know, create the best scenario, you know, the best outcome for this person and that you're, you know, you're kind of banging your head up against, you know, the capacity of services to, you know, to offer what they need. That must be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I, I I wanted to kind of link that into boundaries, really. I mean, when 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 you're both working in, in mental health nursing, nursing, you know, Louise, you're working in kind of a, a more of an academic environment. How do you switch off? Because there's so much going on in your working lives. I mean, what do you both do, or what have you both done effectively to switch off? Because I'm guessing it must be pretty hard sometimes to just switch off, you know, and then go home and forget your role. Do you want? Do you want the answer that you you, you give you give in a in an interview? So when when I. When I have an interview and they say, "How do you switch? How do you switch off and cope with the stresses you're on?" And I say, "Oh well, I just I just cycle home and the wind blows through my ears and like it kind of clears my head and I get home and I'm 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 fine." But of course, the real answer to that is is that some things stay with you. Yeah. Um, I worked um, last weekend on a on a crisis and with the crisis and assessment team, and I had a particularly tricky assessment um and there was a, a particularly tricky um man um who had 
made um, two attempts to um, tie ligatures around his neck. Um, and I, I was working with another younger, more inexperienced nurse, so I kind of took the lead. And we had to decide what to do with him. And it was it was a difficult it was a difficult one, a difficult decision to make about whether to let him go home because there was a, a, a considerable level of risk. And that that stayed with me. Um, that's that stayed with me. I'm still worried about how he is and worried about um, whether we made the made the right decision. Um, um, so yeah, those, those those things those things do stay with you, um, and I don't know. I think you'd have to be a, a pretty discompassionate nurse for them not to stay with you for some mm. to some degree. But it's about manage, managing them. I know that there were times when I was under great stress as a ward manager, trying to improve my ward, um, and. I, I would take my stress home and shout at my kids when I shouldn't shouldn't have done. Um, and it's about kind of recognizing that and reflecting reflecting on that and trying to prevent prevent yourself doing that. But it it, it is a stressful role, but um, it's 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 not it's not all completely stressful. Um, there might be. I mean, I only work. Once, once a week um essentially so um if you're full-time there might be there might be shifts that you would be particularly difficult and you'd you'd come home from them feeling particularly stressed um and exhausted and worried and um and things but there, there will be other other shifts that are really enjoyable i mean i i really enjoy my bank work it's it's not like it's not like work to me it's kind of like a hobby it's like what I what I like to do in my spare time um and there there are some times when I come home from a shift and I'm absolutely glowing and um having 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 loved loved the work and really enjoy doing it what words of advice would you give to people considering this uh, the career option of a mental health nurse do it yeah, I, I was going to say something positive like that. Absolutely, it's a wonderful career. You know, yes, we've talked a bit about the stress and things, but you know, to be able to, I don't know, work alongside people, be with people um, in distress, and make that kind of human connection with somebody that is hopefully going to make a difference to them, it is is a great thing you know it's really hard you know you're with people in some of their darkest moments there are really difficult uh there's a lot of trauma that you might be exposed to you know the environments can be traumatic all of that stuff but actually to if you're somebody who actually can connect with people um and be with people and have grit as well then it's a fantastic career there's so many you know, so mental health nurses are everywhere, and so we should be because we're fantastic professionals. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, do it if if you if you understand what it's about, if you've got those sort of basic communication skills, if you've got you know all that stuff around some uh, compassion, you know, uh, those empathic skills. The, the ability to work and think things through critically, you know, if you've got that ability to um, be flexible in your thinking and adapt, you've got some of those skills and go for it, you know, 
it, it's a fantastic, rewarding career. Um, yeah. I tell my students that um, when I when I have personal duties and I meet them when they when they first come along in the first year and I, I, I tell them that they are they are embarking upon the most wonderful job in the world and I really believe that I think they look at me and think I'm mad and there are various times during the course when they they say oh Laura are you serious um, but um, I, I really do believe that. Um, uh, and um, I, I try and instill instill that belief um, in 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 my in my students. Um, I really do think it's a it's a it's a wonderful career. It can open so many doors in all sorts of different directions. You can specialise in all sorts of different ways. Um, uh, it, it's the the, the, the the options and opportunities are boundless, really. Um, and also, we we have quite ambitious students coming coming into the into our courses these days. They know that in mental health nursing, you can progress up the ladder quite quickly these days, um, and they're quite ambitious. Um, and I think I don't know what you think, Louise, but I think it's easier to progress and um, and build a career in mental health nursing than in general nursing now. I know that um, to get to get a band six or a band seven in in general nursing is 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 it can take some time and and uh, be quite challenging. But um, if you're good enough um, in mental health nursing, you can you can progress quite quickly. Um, is that something you, you, you see, Louise, in terms yeah, of progression? Yeah, no, I do. You know, yeah. Laura and I often talk about it. Well, in our day, we had to do this, this, and we had to be this many years qualified before I got up beyond six and band seven. And, and it does feel slightly different now. Um, so that's really important for us as educators, really, because uh, whilst that's great, you know, people have got to have that. Um, there is... You know, you've got to be robust enough when you're going up in, in terms of some of those sort of uh, responsibilities that you get. It, it, it's tough. So that's, you know, why we really need to sort of uh, make sure our graduates are in that position where, you know, they're equipped, really, for, for perhaps some of the more leadership roles um, that, that they can go into. Um, because, yeah, it, it's challenging, but um, it's great. It, you know, it's nothing more rewarding than seeing some of our graduates, you know, really making a difference to services out there and just feeling that sense of pride. You know, that was one of our, our students. Now they're, they're, they're leading the development of this new service or they're, um, they're doing some really sort of wonderful things. And, you know, and, and that's, that's great because we need nurses who can challenge practice. We need nurses that can really drive forward the best evidence-based practice that we want for our service users and for our carers um, so yeah you know it's great that our students are doing really really well and, and uh, yeah changing things out in practice and, and for the better which is which is great and makes us as an educator it makes me very proud um, so for anyone that's like interested in applying and um, wanting to do mental health nursing where could they apply and when could they apply for well well, all the universities will be having, as I did, we had here on Kingston uh, on Saturday, will be having their open days. So lots of things if you're thinking about applying. So know what you're applying for, really think about it. Um, you can apply in the UK via, you need to apply via UCAS, uh, which is obviously um, 
open now for applications. Go round, um, attend open days, talk to the academics, get a, talk to students, you know, where and find out where the placements are. Lots of important things around decision making for where for you as an individual individual you want to go and do your mental health nurse training. So you know, don't come into this career or application blindly, find out as much as you can, meet people on the courses. Uh, you know, did you get a sense that you would feel supported? Where are the placements? Where will I actually be spending half the time on my course? Can I get there? Where am I going to live? Um, and yeah, and then, you know, you can make your applications to the various universities. Um, and uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, um, and the last question I want to ask is, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, what is your favourite bit of advice for people with mental health? That, that's a really hard one, actually, because I guess, um, uh, again, you know, there's lots of the sort of general advice uh, for people's general mental health and well-being, isn't there, around, you know, keeping connected is really important. You know, the connections we have um, it can be a real buffer to our sort of mental health and, and well-being. Um, sadly, for people with more severe mental health problems, that's a real challenge. To, you know, people lose connections and lose their social networks. And yet we know from a health promoting point of view, they're really important. So, you know, as a nurse working with somebody with severe mental health problems, that's something I would want to be thinking about. How do I ensure whoever I'm working with, they've got important, meaningful connections with people and can keep that, keep relationships going. So I think that's really important. Um, I know for me, trying to think about physical health is really important and whether that just be getting outside and, and that's again that's something we've all noticed haven't we particularly through lockdowns and things like that the importance of actually having some time outside um, some restorative time and space and I think again for all people I think that's really important and obviously we, again if we're thinking about severe mental health problems access to sort of outside space or feeling okay to be outside and that restorative nature uh, nature of being outside and whatever that green space might be is harder so again, you know, how do we think about that as well for people who for access to, to sort of time outside and restorative time outside is harder and, and physical health activity movement um, is, is important as well. So those are just sort of two, I mean, you could list them off, but what about you, Laurie? Um, well, I think uh, I sometimes find it difficult, well, not professionally. I recognize that not everyone can follow the model that I followed that has led to my recovery. Um, but there's a degree to which I uh, I, I, I I wish that um, more um, more service users would um, listen to the, the the advice and work with the um, nurses that that they're they're working with. But I I I, I realise that that's not always always possible to do that. I mean, the model that I that, that has has kept me well has been. I, I'm still on essentially the same dose of medication that I was um, when I left left hospital almost 30 years ago. Um, but that that's not going to work for everyone. I think my general advice would be, I think um, thinking positively um, is not easy, but trying to think as positively as you can in whatever your situation and having that um, uh, and perhaps doing those rudimentary rudimentary kind of CBT kind of things of like challenging your negative thoughts um, 
can can be can be an a really important thing. Um, I think um, having realistic expectations, um, and those 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 expectations can change over time, but not expecting um, too much of yourself and and feeling like a like a failure um, can be an important thing while you're um, working. Um, through your through your mental health issues um, can be important um, and just recognizing that recovery is as recovery is like diff different people's recovery means different different things um, to different people um, yeah so positivity in a word well thank you well, uh, thank you to both of you for joining us um we loved having you on. We probably could have talked all day. Um, but yeah, thank you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will appreciate listening to this and hopefully it encourages more people to go and do mental health nursing and help other people. Um, thank you to Mark for helping co-host again. Um, no and thank, thank you to our listeners and everyone just take care. Um, bye. Bye, guys. Okay, thanks very thanks much. for coming on. Good thank to meet you, you guys. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You will find them by going to Google and typing in helpline. Um, they have Samaritan's suicide helpline, but remember that you're not alone, as the title of the podcast says. Um, there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone, but there's always someone there for you to talk to, be it a friend, a family member, a stranger, a psychotherapist or doctor. There's someone to talk to. I've been in that position before. And talking to someone really does help. It's okay to not be okay. And I will see you in the next episode.